welcome to the Try Talking Sport podcast hosted by me, Joanne Murphy. Whether you are an athlete, adventurer, endurance enthusiast, or simply have an interest in sport, you've come to the right place for inspiration, encouragement, motivation, and just a little bit of entertainment. It's almost time for the clocks to spring forward, and I think this year especially we all can't wait for the brighter mornings and longer days of sunshine and warm weather. I've loved getting out on the bike the last few weeks. I even managed to clock up a 100k spin on Sunday. I took a notion last week that I'd like to get to 100k so that when our 5k restrictions on travel lift, sooner than later I hope here in Ireland, I can confidently and comfortably head out for a long day in the saddle. Going around in circles within our 5k is grand, but I'm chomping at the bit to get out on the open road and head out to Connemara for a change. Speaking of confidence, I was delighted to be a panellist on the Triathlon Ireland and Rowing Ireland Making Waves Women in Leadership webinar held on Monday night. The topic this week was using your voice. And although you'd think I would be fairly confident in delivering on my piece for the webinar, I was well outside my comfort zone being on the other side of the microphone. I did really enjoy it though. It was a super session with Sinead Galvin from Galvin Sports Management, giving some great practical advice on using your voice. Last week, I announced our latest project, the Try Talking Sport Performance Hub, which I hope will become a central online destination for everyone who enjoys embracing adventure and endurance sport. With information, insight and inspiration to support your journey in sport, whether you are new to the world of endurance or are a long-time participant, the Performance Hub will have you covered. You can shape how the hub will look and feel by completing our survey and you can check that out on our website, trytalkingsport.com. I'm really excited about this coming Friday, which sees the second episode of the Tri Commute with Helen Murray from the Inside Tri Show. This Friday, Nikki Bartlett, professional triathlete, joins us as the special guest for breakfast. Join the live audience from 7.30am. You can register on trytalkingsport.com or check it out across our social pages. If the first episode was anything to go by, then this is going to be lots of fun. Before we get into this episode, I want to give a special shout out to the virtual Galway cycle for Rosabelle's Rooms taking place over the Easter weekend from the 2nd to the 5th of April. The Galway cycle traditionally sees cyclists make the journey from Maynooth to Galway and back over a weekend, with fundraising supporting a different charity each year. This year, Rosabelle's Rooms is the charity of choice, which was set up by good friends of mine, Suzanne McLean and Gary Munro, following the sudden passing of their adorable Rosabelle. This year, to support their work in collaboration with the Irish Hospice Foundation, they are encouraging people to swim, cycle or run their way through the Easter weekend by cycling 400 kilometres, running or walking 40 kilometres or swimming 4 kilometres. I'm planning to embrace the challenge over Easter. If anyone fancies joining me virtually to do any part of it at all, then please get in touch. To find out more about the virtual Galway Cycle or Rosabelle's Rooms, pop over to trytalkingsport.com or head directly to the Galway Cycle on www.galwaycycle.ie. So to today's guest, I was thrilled to chat with Kath Pendleton. We had lots of fun and probably could have chatted for hours. Kath has become a household name in recent times as the feature of a recent BBC documentary that followed her adventures as an ice swimmer all the way to Antarctica. Known as the Murder Mermaid, she earned a Guinness World Record for the most southerly ice swim female as the first person to swim a mile inside the Antarctica Polar Circle. 
Her zero ice mile was in 0.03 degrees water and minus 3.2 degrees Celsius air temperature. Bloody freezing. She completed the mammoth swim in 32 minutes and 54 seconds. Cat swimming accolades include swimming the English Channel in 2018, which began with her taking a notion to Google, how do you swim the channel? She has represented Great Britain at the World Ice Swimming Championships in Russia, where she finished third in her age group. She has completed eight official ice miles to date and a number of unofficial ice miles. She plans to complete the Ice Sevens Challenge by completing an ice mile ratified by the IISA in each of the seven continents on Earth. Although the pandemic has delayed some of the timeline on this challenge, Kath continues to prepare for the challenges ahead by swimming in a recently built pool at home and sitting in a chest freezer daily. She loves swimming and loves ice swimming even more. Her immersion in cold icy water is her sanctuary from daily life. Ice swimming coupled with the social aspect of swimming has had a huge impact on her life, resulting in a whole new world of adventure and exceptional achievements. Kat's passion for her sport is infectious. The vivid description of her adventure in Antarctica is fascinating. She may hate cold showers, but pop her in an ice bath and she is a magnificent mermaid and an incredible advocate for going after your goals with perseverance and dedication. Enjoy the show. Kath Pendleton, thank you so much for joining me on the show. Oh, good morning. Thanks for having me. Kath, tell me, where are you? I'm in a village called Troideroo in South Wales and it's a sunny blue sky day today. So that's where I am. It's a sunny blue sky, oh, but you're actually in an ice house. Yeah, I'm sitting in the ice palace as well. So um, I'm up my garden, sitting in an ice palace, a.k.a. a garden shed. <laughs> so you've called it the ice palace instead of the ice house. So does that mean you're an ice queen? Oh, I, I don't know. Um, I'm a, an ice mermaid, I guess. I think... Um, my good friend Jamie Monaghan is always the ice queen in my eyes. So um, I'll be an ice mermaid. An ice mermaid, because you are called the Murther Mermaid. So where did that come from? Yeah, the Murther Mermaid. That's quite funny. So going back to the ice queen, when James was filming me, so he was filming me for 18 months, hoping that the BBC would agree to do a show. And um, he kept calling me the ice queen all throughout it. So it was like, you're the ice queen, you're the ice queen. And... Up until maybe a couple of weeks before the show went out, he messaged me and said, we're going to call it the Murther Mermaid. How do you feel? And I was like, oh, I, I don't know. But actually, it's really, really grown on me. And it's really funny because Troideroo is just outside Murther. So I've lived here since 2006. So it's quite funny because my mum was like, you're not even from Murther. You're from Sennybridge. So I was like, well, Sennybridge Mermaid doesn't really rhyme. And then I really like the Murtha Mermaid because, you know, it's a, a landlocked town and, you know, you'd get mermaids. So, yeah, it's it's really grown on me and I'm really happy with the title Murtha Mermaid. It's very catchy. Yeah. Somebody local said, you're not even from Murtha. <laughs> so I am in a suburb of Murtha. <laughs> so you can't win whatever you call me. So you can call me whatever you like. You just need to turn around and say, I'm sorry. Do you know what I have done and what I have achieved? I can call myself whatever I want. <laughs> crazy cat or Murtha Mermaid. Yeah, we, we'll, go, we'll get back to crazy cat when we, when we get through the, um, the chat a little bit further. So, Kath, for people who don't know who you are, uh, who are you and what has led to you being on the show? Oh, who am I? So, yeah, I'm a 49-year-old um, woman now from South Wales. And 
I absolutely love ice swimming. So through my love of ice swimming that started in 2015, I met Jay Kennedy. I met him in Poland, first of all, at Polish Ice Swimming Championships, and then just got to know him really through social media. Met him again at Mamant. But in between times, he told me about the trip to Antarctica. And I'd found out about the Ice Sevens Challenge and that Jay was trying to be the first man to finish and Jamie had already finished. And I was intrigued and I was like, I absolutely love ice swimming and I just want to swim everywhere, anywhere, all over the world. So I said, I, I really would like to go to Antarctica. So he was like, well, it's going to cost a lot of money. And I was like, well, I don't have any money. But he was like, well, how are you going to come? So I was like, well, I'm going to try. So I was really lucky when I did the English Channel, a company, Source Insurance in Penarth, sponsored me for it. And they paid for the, the channel and for some of my training. So I could just concentrate on raising money for two charities. And I told them about my ice swimming. So they had sort of dangled a carrot and said to me, you get across the channel and we'll talk about Antarctica. So after the channel, they agreed that they would sponsor me. The Part of it, it was really expensive, Antarctica. So, yeah, so I was super lucky. I then had another sponsor through Young Seafood. So finally, I was like, maybe about a year before, yeah, I can come. So he was like, okay, so all you've got to do is just keep training and training and training. And I was like, okay, I'll just keep training and training and training. And I just love the winter. So that's how you know me, through Dave and through Dee and through all the other lovely Irish people that I know. I got to go to Antarctica and got to swim my mile. And then, unfortunately, Jay wasn't well on the day. So I came away with um, a Guinness World Record as well. So as the first person to swim a mile that far south. So everything over the last couple of years has just been a crazy boom, boom, boom of good luck, good luck, hard work. <laughs> Bring us back, Kath, to way back to before you ever became an ice swimmer. Um, you were a swimmer as a child. Yeah, I used to swim. I learned to swim when I was about four, I think. They built um, a swimming pool on the side of our school. So everybody in my village swam. And in the summer and the Easter holidays, we always swam in the river because, you know, we didn't we didn't have playstations or anything back in the day. So you spent your whole holidays outside. So it was swimming, raft building, just at the river or at the mountains. You know, we, we were just always outside. I swam probably what I'd say competitively from about the age of eight to 11. So not very long. And I've always swam for fitness, but... I rediscovered swimming as in swimming as in like pool stuff <laughs> um, through triathlon. So uh, I moved back to Wales in 2006 and I joined a local triathlon group, but only for the swimming class. It's not really called a class. I don't know what you call it. Swimming session on a Friday evening. And they kept telling me, you know, do you want to try a triathlon? I was like, no, thanks. And I did try one in 2007 and it was it was horrendous. And I was like, I'm never doing that again. But I found myself back there in 2011 and I actually fell in love with triathlon for maybe four or five years. And through that, started doing some open water swimming. I enjoyed the open water swimming more than anything else, really, and started seeking out long distance swims. And the cold water winter ice swimming, I don't know, there's so many names for it at the moment, isn't there? Wild swimming, whatever. That came about because I'd hurt my back whilst I was doing triathlon. Um, in a job I was doing humping and dumping bikes and um sorry humping and dumping bikes what does that mean 
Oh, I used to work for a cycle charity and we had um, bikes and we had like accessible trikes and stuff that we used to take around in a van to locations for people to use. And yeah, my manual handling skills were something to be desired. (laughs) I ended up really hurting my back. So I was like, I don't know what I'm going to do if I can't, you know, run and cycle and stuff. So I thought, well, I'll be still able to swim. And I seen an advertisement for a swimming garda. So this was September 2015. And I seen an advertisement. I think it was in the original outdoor swimming magazine. I think it was H2O, it was called that. And it was for a winter swimming garda in just your bathers in February. And I was like, who would do that? That's crazy. Because, you know, I was swimming in a wetsuit. And, and I was like, that's really bonkers. And I said to my friend, Rachel, I said, I really need a challenge this winter do you fancy it and she said I've seen it yeah I'm up for it so that's how it began we just went to the river one Friday night before our club squad and got in I think it was about 12 degrees we managed about eight minutes and we were absolutely frozen when we got out but I always say try something twice so we went again and then I instantly fell in love with it and I think now I've found I've been I swim in now since September 2015 and I'm not bored of it yet I absolutely love it so I think it's something that I'm always going to do. You haven't been able to swim the last few months because of Covid. No look at my face I can't see my face my big bottom left. <laughs> I'm, I'm uh, going to screenshot that afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> no I haven't been it well it's a lie that I haven't been able to swim because in lockdown I I had a bit of a swimming pool frenzy in, in the garden. So from a basic paddling pool, I now have a really plush paddling pool that um, I can swim stationary on a tether. But I've got to be honest, I, I swim because I like going to see my friends and, for the, you know, for the laugh that we have. So getting in the pool and putting the tether on and just keeping your head out, I do find really hard. I've swum once in the sea, but we're not allowed to because we're not allowed to travel to exercise. So I've been sitting in the gorgeous freezer every night nearly throughout January and February in the hope that one day soon we'll be allowed out to play again and I won't have lost a lot of my acclimatization. But um, when I swam the other day, I was just like so nervous. I was like, actually, I didn't even know if I can swim anymore. So, but you know, you start and after five minutes, it, it just comes back. So I've just put a big posh marquee over my plush paddling pool so my partner is like you were going to get in there on your tether and you're going to use it so at the moment I'm trying to get him to put disco lights I just need anything to distract me from swimming on the spot I can't think of anything more boring I've found it so hard not to swim so you know everybody out there that's not been able to swim big hugs because it's really sucked Talk to me about sitting in the freezer, because I have seen the images on social of you sitting in the freezer. And we were messaging prior to the show and you were telling me that you're literally sitting in the freezer most nights a week. And then one day a week, you may swim in your plush paddling pool. <laughs> yeah. So the freezer came about. Yeah. Dear Kennedy's responsible for the freezer. <laughs> because I got really worried because when we went to the ice champs, um, we had a really mild winter. So everybody started doing ice baths. And I borrowed one from the university, filled it with ice and sat in it like twice and just thought, that's the most horrendous thing ever. I can't take a cold shower. I just like, oh, no, I just can't do it. Hang on a second. You can't take a cold shower, but you can spend 30 minutes (laughs) at zero degrees in the water swimming. I can't even do 
cold aisle in the supermarket or air conditioning. No, it's crazy. I know. But <laughs> so, I think I need to <laughs> screenshot the shock on my face in this picture. I'm trying to cold shower in this lockdown. I can't do it. So um, I said to Jay, what's going to happen if we have a really mild winter? And I said, you know, you've done the ice sevens and you've done some of your ice miles in the summer months. And he said, well, you have to do like what they do in Australia. And they get a chest freezer and sit in a chest freezer. So, yeah, on it like on it like Sonic, I went onto Facebook Marketplace, found an old chest freezer for £50. And before Antarctica, I think in July, we put it up in my garden shed. I had a really old garden shed then that was tiny and used to blow open in the wind while he was sitting in it. So I found it really difficult. My partner loves the, the, the freezer. So I was just every every week, probably twice a week on top of my training, sitting in this freezer. And I've come to the conclusion, I'm not sure how much it helps with your tolerance to the cold, but what it does help is with the mental mindset of getting in the water. So that initial shock goes away. Um, and why have I been doing it? Because... Oh, I've been really sad. And my partner comes and he says, right, we're going for a walk and you're getting in the freezer. And it's just become a habit of go for a walk and sit for five minutes in the freezer. And I don't want to say this, Casey's listening, but I'm actually starting to quite like it. I don't mind it as much. So, but I don't sit in for long periods of time. I know some people stay in for a long time, but um, I just stay in for about five minutes. And, you know, that that's enough for me. It, you know, especially when I don't want to get in there. So I think if I can just get in there and grip my teeth. But I've started listening to the podcasts in there now, or I get my partner. To, he likes to be silent. I need to be talk to me, sing me a song, and so the time goes quickly. But um, I think when we can travel again, and hopefully I can continue with the i sevens, then the freezer is going to be really handy. You know, and even to the point that I might take ice out of there and chuck it in the flush swimming pool. <laughs> Uh, so I'm, I have visions of you sitting in between the bags of the frozen peas um, in the freezer. But I presume that this is a freezer that's filled just with ice and at a certain temperature and you're not sitting on top of food. <laughs> so, yeah, so basically it's it's, re it's really clever. We, we fill it and then some ice forms. Obviously, it's turned off. We've, we've got a set of rules what we have to do to make sure it's unplugged. So it's full of water. And then after a couple of days, the ice falls off the side and we smash all that up. So it's literally an ice bath that's housed in the freezer. And then the water, we tend to empty it after about 10 days. It gets a bit stale. Some, some people have pumps and all sorts in there, but we just find it easier just to empty it, bleach it and, and start again. But um, yeah, it's crazy. I'll, I'll have to show you after this. And my partner, he, he's like really... Oh, if it gets above zero, he like puts it back on again. And I'm like, it's okay for it to be like two or three. You can just leave it. No, no, it's got to be zero. And he's got a new trick that he's discovered. If we move our hands in there, it really hurts because that's the thing, you know, when you when you're swimming, when I'm swimming in the, the small pool, it really hurts, you know, because it's quite small. But in the freezer, you're just sitting there and not moving. So as soon as you start moving, the pain is absolutely excruciating. So he's just now, you have to do 30 seconds of moving your arms before you're even allowed to get out of the freezer, which he thinks is going to teach my brain to remember what the ice is like. So I'm going along with it, but it really hurts. <laughs> and, and does he swim as well, Kath? 
he hasn't obviously this winter he hasn't swam um last winter he got in most of the time um he's not a strong swimmer but he will get in and he'll you know up at the pond that I train and it can be really really wild if there's waves on it he won't go in if there's any stop he's like there's waves on it I'm not going in but um he likes to be in he, he likes to swim and be in the water but um he doesn't need to do it like I need to do it. He needs to go out on his bike. He cycles and he needs to go out on his bike. I need to swim. You did your first ice swim really soon after getting into it. Yeah, I did. And I took a bit of flat for it, actually. So what happened was Rachel and I started swimming and then we roped another friend in, Roz. Um, she's a triathlete as well as a super triathlete. And because the rivers were flooded, we put an advert out on um, or a post on Facebook saying, look, we need somewhere to swim because the rivers are in flood and the sea's too cold. So our friend Vicky, the four of us called ourselves the Dippy Dragons then, she came on board and she told us about the pond and some other places. But she's responsible for telling me about the ice mile. So we were all training from September to the February to do the chill swim gala. And Vicky that we met, She'd already been ice swimming and winter swimming for two years, but doing it on her own, which I think was crazy. Her partner was always with her, but I was like, I do it because it's fun with my friends. But she was like, no, no, I really like how it makes me feel. So she told me about the ice mile. So I was going four or five times a week. I was completely addicted. I was just like, anytime I could be at the pond or the river, I was there. So I decided once she told me about this ice mile, we'd, we'd already done two in when we'd been swimming so I was like I think we should just do this and um we'd asked a few people so we decided to set it up on ourselves and I wouldn't recommend that I go to um swim your swim or travel you know I've been to Ireland and done one I've been to Holland and I would just like to go to an organized one because it's quite difficult to to do it so we decided that we were going to do it and I actually did my first ice mile in the January following starting in the September so, you know, Vicky had been doing swimming for two years by that time. And I absolutely loved it. I was clearly hypothermic at the end because I, I, I turned into like a Miss World speech. I love everybody. Everybody's wonderful. And, and then my friend Vicky has a really like recovery. So from there, I was just like, I love it. I just, I just love it. And I, I don't know what it is. I think some people can tolerate the cold better than others. And, for me, I think it's because you just totally zoned out. So that's why I like it because I'm really hyperactive and it's like I'm really zoned out. So, yes, yeah, so that went well. And then from there, I was just like, okay, I just want to keep doing ice miles. So I've done eight official ones um, and then lots of unofficial ones. So, like, Jay was really good about my training and I and I was from the October until we went in the in the February, I was doing an ice mile every every week in in, in training in all sorts of weathers, um, which is really tough because you know an ice mile is tough. But luckily, I had my partner, and I never had the pressure on myself that I had to do it. But if I was in the water and I and I felt okay, I, I would do it. And that was something that I found really important that I didn't really have a training schedule of I have to swim so much outdoors. It was just I, I said to my partner, I don't know how we did it. And he was like, we were there all the time, Kath. But because I was swimming with friends and, you know, if I got in the water and I wasn't feeling the love that day, I would just get out because I, I knew that I could go again 
the next day or whatever so yeah I um I got hooked really quickly and I guess I think they say it takes about two or three seasons to train for it but maybe it was just in my genes from all that river swimming when I was a kid yeah we we call those days where you get in and you're not feeling the love it's a, a no ambition swim day yeah and I, I think it's important to recognize that isn't it it you know it can be so dangerous and I really worry about after drop and you know a bad recovery and touch wood I've, I've never really had a bad recovery you know I, I I'm able to recognize that I'm not okay but I think it can change so quickly so that was probably one of my big fears for Antarctica really that I I didn't want James from the BBC having me film getting carried out on a stretcher or something half dead you know did the um, documentary with the BBC put additional pressure on you out in Antarctica? No, actually, it didn't. Well, in a little way, I was thinking, I've got to do this because I got this camera. But James was absolutely lovely. And because I'd known James for like the 18 months prior, he was he was actually really like a big brother and he was really calming. He's a, he's a very positive person. And when I was having lots of self-doubt, you know the night before was a bit of a wreck and my friend Jane she was like Kath you train like an ice mark every week just shut up just get in and swim you've got this and James was like Kath you've got this do you know what I mean it's just like keepers you've got this so having them there was amazing but of course like the bit where and I take on water because I tried to be really clever and thought I'm going to swim this swim and I'm going to be really relaxed and I'm going to try bilateral breathing and I'm going to look pretty and all this stuff. Because when you first see me swim, the first sort of 10 minutes, you think I'd never learned how to swim. I'm just like all over the place. And then I kind of find my my rhythm and I'm, I'm quite happy. But I did the added pressure that I did have was about speed because everybody was talking about 30 minutes, 30 minutes. And I kept saying, I cannot do a mile in 30 minutes. So I had been... In my training, probably averaging between 31 and 33, 34 quite regularly in the pond. So I knew that I could probably do 35, but the sea's not my natural environment either. So I was a little bit worried about that. So I kept saying, I won't do it in 30 minutes. Please don't, like, unless somebody's going to put a jet on me, I I won't do it. And I was right. I was just under 33 minutes. So I did swim really, really hard, but stupidly I took on this water and then I was like I can't cough and stop and go because you know it's zero degrees at the end of the day I can't go I just need to cough this up so luckily on a previous swim I'd I'd had a cough when I shouldn't have done an ice mile because I was a little bit under the weather and I had a cold and when they asked me if I was okay I said yes I'm fine but I I wasn't and um, I had to cough under the water on that so yeah I think the camera just do you know what? I'd been talking about it for two years. Do you know what I mean? So, and it was such a privilege to be there. So I was just trying to think all happy thoughts. And then every now and again, it would pop in about something eating me. And then I would be thinking, smile for the camera, wave to everybody supporting me on the boat. And they were brilliant on the boat. They had the Welsh flag there and I could hear them screaming the whole time. And there was thumbs up. And I had, you know, no doubt that they were watching my every move. So anything changed they were just going to pull me out of the water anyway so it it was just amazing I just wanted to do it the next day (laughs) it was lovely 
explain to me the difference between swimming in the Antarctic polar circle, which is very, very south, versus where Jer swam, because Jer did do the ice mile, but he didn't do it as far south as you. So the plan was that Jer was always going to swim, a swim inside the Antarctic circle, if we could get there, because obviously it depends on how much ice there was. So things changed. He told me he was going to swim out at sea. And I was going to swim parallel to the shore with all the other swimmers. So I was like, oh, can I swim out at sea? And he was like, no, because he had to get special permission. And he worked so hard to get the trip off. So I was like, okay, less chance of getting eaten by a leopard seal. I'm, I'm fine with that. So everything changed on the boat because we only had so many days that we could swim. And, you know, Jim was having to make negotiations. And things were changing all the time. It changed that myself, Paul and Jay were going to all swim on the same day in the same location. Um, and we managed to get just inside the polar circle at 66.6. And even then it was Jay was going first. Then he said, you go second and Paul third. But James had said, look, I need to film Kath. And if you want me to film you, I need to film Kath going last. So it was like, OK, I'll go last. So that that was that. And. Um, there was no difference, really, just that, you know, the technicalities of getting that far south. Jay had a zero as well. And that was the other thing. You know, we weren't guaranteed a zero. So I was going there to get my zero ice mile. There was nothing about records. It, it was just go and, you know, get your zero ice mile. We're I-7. So, you know, it, it took a while to sink in the... I had actually done something that hadn't been done before because um, Ram Barkai had swum a kilometre. He swam further south. I think he swam at 70 degrees. But, you know, because it was something that wasn't done, I, I won't go into it on the podcast, but it was really difficult to get that Guinness World Record. But, you know, I I did it and yeah, it should be celebrated. So I was really, really chuffed to get it. And um, Welsh ladies can be quite stubborn. <laughs> but what was it like? getting off the boat and into the water describe it for us I know there was the documentary but unfortunately in Ireland we haven't been able to access it on the BBC iPlayer so I'm sure it was well described in the documentary but just you're sitting on the boat ready to go into the water what's going through your head well before we even got in the water I was meant to swim to this beautiful massive massive iceberg opposite the boat which was 400 meters away and Jay was like, look, you're going to swim there and back twice. And then you'll do a little bit extra, maybe 50 meters to make sure that we've got the mile. You know, we've come all this way. So I was like, OK, that's cool. And I was thinking, well, it's a beautiful iceberg. And then what happened was a massive pod of um, orcas, killer whales passed that were teaching their babies how to hunt. And they, everybody shouts, orcas. And I was like, because I hadn't thought of orcas. I was only ever thinking of leopard seals. And um, As you do. As you do. And Reddy said to me, are you going to come and look, Kath? And I was like, no, thanks. I don't want to see them. And he was like, well, they're just big fish. So I kind of sat there with my cup of coffee, as I always am with my cup of coffee. Um, Jay, bless him. He, he was like, look, I'm coming on your boat. You know, he was so disappointed that he couldn't swim. He said, I'm coming on your boat. So I was like, oh. You know, I'm so sorry, but I was grateful because Jay knows how I swim. So he said, but the problem is you can't swim to that iceberg anymore because all the ice had been disturbed. And they were worried that if I started off 
the ice could move and then I would be trapped behind. There was floating ice everywhere. So I would be trapped behind this ice. So I said, well, what's going to happen? And he said, well, we're going to drive you a mile from the boat and then you'll swim back, which was absolutely hilarious because I always say I hate doing laps. I like A to B or I like circular. So I actually got my wish. So that was really funny. So I get all rolled up and I'm ready to go and my bottom lift's quivering. And then they stop the boat by this massive iceberg. So I start stripping off and they're like, what are you doing? And I'm like, well, I'm getting ready. And they're like, we're like halfway. And I was like, what? And I look back and the boat was like miles away. And I was like, they're like, do you know how far a mile is? And I was like, a long way, obviously. So <laughs> they like, get that change. So they say, well, at least when you get to this iceberg, you're going to know that you're at the halfway point. So in my head, I was just thinking, this is just like mad. It's craziness. So we get to where we have to go, then do the comms with the boats and I strip off and make sure my goggles are on. And then my friend said, you just like plopped up the side of the Zodiac. And I was like, well, there was no other way to, to get in the water. So I jumped in and it was so weird. And maybe the freezer did help. But when I jumped in, normally when you get in cold water, you get that really cold shock and your hands hurt. I didn't have any of it. And I think my body must have just been like 100% adrenaline. So I jumped in and it seemed for like what was ages that they were like turning the boats around and waiting to start. And then eventually they were like, okay, go. And I, when I first started off, I was thinking, right, don't panic, think about your stroke. And that's when I took on the water because I was trying to do my bilateral breathing. And then I was just swimming away and I was thinking, this is like, bonkers it's crazy it was it was so blue the water didn't taste salty and then every now and again I think leopard seals and it's still orcas you know a pod of 30 orcas have passed by maybe five minutes before and I still didn't even think of orcas I still only leopard seals but uh, then I would block it out and then I would hear Martina Tiffany Jay um Matty everybody shouting and then I'd have James on the camera on the other side so it was just brilliant. And I was just swimming along thinking, you're just so privileged to be here. So just get your head down and, and swim. And then eventually I did get to this iceberg that was halfway. And I got to this iceberg and I looked and this, I was sighting. And this, the boat was just like never getting any closer ever. I was like, I think they're moving it. And um, I started to feel achy in my shoulders. And I was just thinking, oh my gosh, I should have really gone to the pool and maybe swam further than a kilometre or a mile. And then I was thinking, Kathy, you're an idiot. You swam to France and it took you hours. You know, you were in the water for 16 hours and 45 minutes. Just get your head down and swim. And that's what it, I, I do that. I just laugh and, you know, I was just swimming along. And then my biggest thing was when I got to the Zodiac at the end, I knew I had to get up a tiny little ladder into the boat and I'm not the smallest of people and I was going to have these chunky hands and you know where my limbs going to actually work so there's a funny video of me getting up this ladder I don't know where I got the strength from to get up there and then falling into the boat with my big bum in the air <laughs> and then they take me back to the boat and then my my thing was that I wanted to be able to walk up the steps and you'll see it when you get a chance to watch it but um 
I'd blow in my hand. So I think the adrenaline had finally run out and my body had realized that I was actually really frozen. But um, it was amazing. And then I had Dee and Catherine as my recovery crew. And yeah, it was just fab. I was, somebody said to me, I've never seen you so cold. I was like, because I just did a zero ice mile. Just would love to do it again. But I'd love to go there with a bobble hat on and just do some breaststroke and have a look around rather than head down and like actually kicking your legs and swimming hard. It sounds absolutely fascinating and um, we had Tiffany Quinn on the podcast a while back as well and she spoke about I think she did 500 meters but tipping off the iceberg she swam to the iceberg I think and it was just incredible like the scenery and everything out there so I can imagine uh, how much you want to go back there to actually just look around you while you're in the water. Yeah Tiffany swim and um, Gillian and Alice and Michelle and I can't remember who else was swimming on that day they had this beautiful iceberg that they had to swim back and forth so instead of like you, you can't go that close in case they tip but it's like you know instead of touching a, a swimming pool wall it was like swim to the iceberg and back and do laps of the iceberg it was it where they swam I had a test swim on that day around a beautiful iceberg it was myself and ready it was only about a 500 meter swim but we got to go around this beautiful iceberg and the colors and it's massive underneath like they say Antarctica is just incredible it was the whole trip you know it was a brilliant team it was just it was just amazing can I ask you a question about your face and your lips because I know from swimming in Galway Bay and we've only the lowest temperature I've swam is 3.6 degrees and people are I suppose they're not fascinated, but they're kind of, they can't believe that you can put your face in the water and swim three or 400 meters in that sort of a temperature, even five degrees. But I find it's my lips and my jaw and even my my gums get really, really numb and they're frozen. So how do you protect your face? Never mind your feet and your 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 hands, <laughs> but the rest of you, but I, it's just I, that yeah. whole face thing. I don't know. I think it's just from continued exposure, I guess, you know, and well, the only thing I feel sometimes if the water gets sort of below three is you put your face in and my teeth really hurt. And I'm like, ah, that's really cold. But I generally probably at the start of the season, like I feel like I missed the whole season. We did get to swim a little bit in October. I, I feel I, I feel sorry for myself until ever I'd be locked away for a year. But I think we did have a little bit of freedom last year. I can't really remember. But I did manage to do... Um, a nice ice mile in November and it was like 4.8 and I remember thinking afterwards that was flipping freezing it was like but um my face was really cold and I think that was just because you know I hadn't had three or four months behind me to train and I I, I think that just goes for me it's it's my hands I can my hands get really fat like everybody's but I have a finger that goes into like a phantom claw so I think that my fingers have clawed and I look at them and they haven't but it's like my one finger has gone across so when that happens that's when I know I'm nearly cooked it's nearly time to to get out so as soon as I start feeling that finger I have a look and I think no it's it's fine um and then for me I think no right okay I and I've also I've got a real fear about you know my arms and legs just stopping and just not being able to swim anymore so as soon as I feel 
that like I think my stroke is is slowing down. I've got more sensible, obviously. The more I've learned about ice swimming, I've, I've got more sensible. So now when I go to the pond, I will always swim maybe one, two long laps, which is sort of 450, 500 up and down. But then after that, I will always go to small loops now because I just think, you know, once you pass that kilometre, things just change, you know. But on some days, you can swim 400 metres and be cooked. Yeah, and it's important to know your limits as well. Even with winter swimming, never mind going to to zero temperatures, but even the past couple of months, we've seen a huge amount of people uh, take up swimming, myself included, and and the daily dip. But that cold water immersion, the cold water shock, the after drop, they're all real things. And as you say, you know, they can happen within a short distance. Um, You know, jumping into the water without having acclimatised to it can, can cause trouble for you as well. Yeah, yeah. And that's something that really scares me. So, you know, I, I think, you know, when I get back in the water, I think the temperatures are, are rising again now. But, um, you know, I've been in my pool, I, I did about 20 minutes in my pool um, a couple of weeks ago, 15, 20 minutes, and it was three something. And I came out and my partner was like, you don't look well. And I was like, no, I don't feel well, because I, I've not been in there. And I was just like, you know, I obviously did too much. So, just swim your own swim because you know just because I can swim for 20 minutes I think that does scare me that people do push themselves too hard because they want to do what somebody else is doing so I'm forever saying look some days I just I just dip you know I swim around the pond have a chat and get out and and I think your your body knows I I just really I've been to a few events where I've seen some really bad recoveries and for me I just think how can that be enjoyable to, you know, lose a couple of hours of your life when you when you you're so hypothermic that you don't know what's going on? So um, yeah, I'm I'm very safety conscious. We made a few mistakes in the beginning, and you know it wasn't popular. You know, Pauline Barker, she was really good, and we asked her for lots of advice. And then I went to a winter swimming seminar with um, Emma Putzel at Porter's Head Leader who really opened our eyes that we need to be more sensible with what we're doing so yeah I just love it and um, it's brilliant how many people are swimming now but there's a huge piece around that whole area of education for winter swimming but swimming in general but specifically winter swimming I think now that with lockdown and COVID those of us that can get to the water are getting to the water so there probably is a massive uh, piece to do around education. Kath how has ice swimming changed your life? Oh, ice swimming for me has changed my life as in I found somebody that I can do to, this is going to sound even more bonkers than swimming, something to do to relax. It is my go-to reset button. It's the only thing that I've found that if I go off to the pond and I come back, um, it's like, I call it my reset button, but it is like somebody saying control out delete. And I've got friends that say they're exhausted after ice swimming. I'm like Zebedee after ice swimming. So if I go for a swim on a Sunday, I hate I hate cleaning. I think cleaning is like the job of the devil. Whoever invented housework, I don't know. So, but I will come home and I'm like a Duracell bunny. I'm like, yeah, right, come on, let's all do this. And for me, it's just that total, it actually re-energizes me. It's crazy, but it does. It just re-energizes me. It it puts me in a happy place, you know. It really does. And I have been to the pond some days where 
I really can't face getting in. And twice, I can tell you, I've sat in the car and spoken to a friend and said, let's just drink our coffee and go home. But that's only happened twice. And then other times it's like, well, let's just get in and do a whip and talk. Um, and then you feel so much better for going and, and doing it. So it's changed my life as in, I think I finally found something that goes, bump, shut up, cast, start again. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Shut up, cat. Start again. Control, <laughs> alt, delete. You're absolutely right. And uh, I mentioned it in an article that I, I wrote for uh, Newistan recently. Um, you know, for me, I, I find that your your brain can be full and I'm a natural chatterbox just like you. But my brain can be so full of things I need to do or I should be doing. And then you get kind of like a, a mental block and you can't do any more. And you're like, OK, I'm just going to go to the water. The alarm clock goes off in the morning. That's the first half of the day. Doesn't matter whether I'm in the sea 10 minutes later or 10 hours hours later but that that dip in the sea it just actually gives a lot of clarity I think and you're right it is a happy place and there's so much about the social aspect to it as well of of swimming um and for a lot of people especially in Ireland I think now as well you know we're we're not allowed to mix as as households so you know you're you're not supposed to be calling to people's houses but if you go down for a swim and you go down on your own say to Ladies Beach or whatever, you're guaranteed to meet somebody that will say hello or there's that nod of like, oh, how are you getting on today? Or what was the water like? And it's just that social piece that we all crave as human beings that we haven't been able to have. And I think we're very lucky. Um, you know, you, you you get to have that social aspect that so many other people don't have that don't participate in sport like we do. Yeah. And it's been so difficult because, you know, I'm working from home and I said to my boss, you know, I was really down in January. I was really struggling. You know, I just, I, I don't think I got changed. I was in my pajamas because nobody knows that I'm in my pajamas if I'm talking to them on the phone. And I said to my boss, I would have been better going to prison. I could have gone to the gym and I could have done my degree. And I said to her, if, if they just let me swim, because when I was swimming in the mornings, I would get up, you know, I would be so productive. I would be out of the house at half six, seven or whatever time. And then I come home and I was completely reset and I would get so much done. But now, because I haven't found that thing really to do, but I'm not going to be I'm not going to be sad because I'm generally not a sad person. But um, I can't wait for the rules to change and get back up in the morning and go and meet my friend Pam and my friend Rachel and just get in the water and shiver and drive home and rush to get my breakfast and get on the phone to my first client and still shivering <laughs> but um yeah I, I I really miss it and I really I'm a really sociable person so I'm 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 just re- I get excited when I have to go to the shop for stamps for work it's ridiculous I love that I get excited going to the shop for stamps but it's so true it is absolutely so true. Uh, I've taken to saying hello to everybody when I'm out on my bike now. It doesn't matter whether they're walking or cycling and even out <laughs> for a run. I Half the time I'm like, how are you? How's it going? And I'm very conscious that sometimes when you say hello to somebody now, you might be the only person that they'll have seen for the day. So, you know, if I could put a smile on somebody else's face, even if they go home and they say, Jesus, there was a one running today. And she said, <laughs> she said hello to me. I don't know who she is. <laughs> um, Kath, I have loads of other questions I'd love to ask you, but we do have uh, some audience questions that I'm going to go to now, if that's OK. Uh, let me see here. So Hugh Fairclough, he's one of our Ironman photographers. He wants to know what's your next challenge and what's your favourite place to swim in open water? 
Oh, right. So my favorite place I'll do first. So in the winter, it's always Keeper's Pond. And then in the summer, I tend to go to the river at Wrecken or to some of the seaside locations in the summer. And my next challenge, well, I've still got the four of the Ice Sevens challenge to finish. So I was supposed to be in Canada in February, gone. I was meant to be in Australia in July. Not happening. I am secretly hoping that I can go to Russia in May, but I don't know if that's going to happen. And then South America at some point. So I've got four massive swims that I have to do at some point. I've got a dream to swim in the Arctic. I'd absolutely love to go and swim at the opposite end of the world. But um, that's going to be expensive and maybe some charming needs to go on with some sponsorship. But I've been very lucky so far. So maybe my luck's run out on that venue. Um, and I'm doing a North Channel Relay next year because I had an idea that I wanted to do the North Channel for my fifth year. But I'm 50 next year. so yeah that's not happening and I'm not really fast enough at the moment so I've been really lucky that um, Swim Smooth Southwest have said that they will have me as a sponsored athlete for this year they've sponsored five other people so they're going to help me I'm actually going to learn to do swim sets and all sorts of things that swimmers do <laughs> I thought we had mentioned before the show that you don't do swim sets no, but um, yeah, but I'm going to do things that's like proper swim training, I think. That's the plan. And I've got a new thing. I'm going to learn to free dive. So, that, yeah, I really want to free dive and I want to ice free dive. And I think that's another level of crazy. But um, that's something that I'm, I'm going to hopefully be doing next month. Um, I did do some in October, but um, I couldn't equalize at about seven meters. And I was just like, I, I quite like my years. So I have, I have to go back and finish some stuff in April. So, yeah, I, I, I'm always up for something. You never, you never know what Kath's going to say she's going to do next. So. Crazy, crazy, Kath. Um, speaking of crazy and bonkers, a, a question I have for you is, what did your family think of you doing an ice mile or this crazy extreme sport of ice swimming? Your your family specifically, but also your non-swimming friends, the people who wouldn't understand why you were ice swimming or, or the, the value you got from it. Yeah, it's, it is crazy, actually. I've got a twin sister and she's always recognised throughout this is what my sister needs to do. Before she used to do triathlon, she used to do mountain climbing, cabin, I, I, canoeing, all sorts. But this is what this is what calms Kath down because my mum would be like, "You're going to catch a death of cold, and you shouldn't be out in these weathers." And I'd be saying, "Mum, I haven't had a cold in five years. You know, I'm I'm like fine and." I think she thinks she gets it, but I don't think she gets it. My good friend and neighbour, Marie, when I was saying that I was doing a channel or I was doing anything, she was like, you shouldn't be doing that. It's so dangerous. And you've got two children and what, something happens. And I was just like, I need to do stuff for me. And this is something that I do for me. So I always say to people, surround yourself with like-minded people that get you that get it and luckily you know in the world of swimming and in the world of triathlon you know there's an abundance of people that love ice swimming now there's an abundance of people that you know enjoy going out for long cycles long runs and whatever so I think you're always going to get somebody that says don't do that and 
my, my partner's really good. He's like, you need to go swimming. And I'm like, okay. And he's like, the sooner you start back swimming, the better. <laughs> you know? so, and on the Mirth the Mermaid, my, my youngest daughter said, we say to my mum, go for a swim. And they do. They're like, mum, maybe you haven't been swimming for a couple of days. So I think most, some people don't get it. People say, you know, my triathlon friends from years ago were like, you're crazy. But, you know, now more and more of them are starting to swim through the winter, you know. And my one friend, she ditched her wetsuit last winter and she, she's as hot as me now. And before she used to say to me, you shouldn't be going in the river after this much rain. But now I'm like, it's been rain. Oh, it'll be fine. It'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> there's, um, there's a great saying, you can't do epic shit with basic people. <laughs> so you surround like yourself with like-minded people I, I love that quote and I, I think it's hugely important it's like the collective suffering um, that if you bring the people together and you do it together it doesn't feel as bad yeah no it's good I, I think I've, I've met some wonderful people through both triathlon and distance swimming and um, ice swimming and I, I'm terrible you know I, I'll get involved in things if there's a party if there's a party I am there so. I'm actually having visions of you having like a freezer party in your house when you're allowed to have people over again and people can travel. I can imagine people coming with their um, portable freezers to sit in your garden. So instead of sitting out in the sunshine in, in canvas chairs, drinking beer, there's like an ice pot party. An ice pot party, yeah. Not last year, the year before, before Antarctica, loads of people were staying at my house because we were all going to Keepers Pond and training and yeah, you know, every weekend there was somebody staying and it was like, try the freezer, try the freezer. <laughs> the next question comes in from Roisin Coughlin, who is uh, one of our 50 foot walrus challengers. Um, she says, I'd love to hear if Kat thinks about her breath consciously when she swims. and would also love to hear her thoughts on how swimming positively impacts her mental well-being. Yeah, the, um, my breath when I'm swimming is my tool to relax in the water when I first get in because people say how can you just get in and go but I'm consciously thinking in my head get your breathing under control just really think about your stroke and I almost smile because I'm happy to be in the water so it's like you've got in that water and it's like right everything's going to be okay I'm absolutely terrible as in consciously thinking so I consciously think about it when I get in to get relaxed and get started but um, I did a session in an endless pool with Colin Hill and he said to my partner, she doesn't breathe. And I can't think of two things at once. So I'm not a typical female. So I don't have any sort of set pattern for my breathing because I think I get so relaxed in the water. It's not that I forget to breathe. I just breathe when I, I need to breathe. So if somebody's watching me, I often say to them, you know, don't take you know if I have a breathe for like eight strokes or something because I might breathe two I might breathe three I might breathe five I might breathe ten it just depends where my head is in the moment in the water and as far as my mental health I hadn't realized how much I need it I came back from Antarctica so I obviously had that high drop from you know something I've been training so hard for and you know hit hit the ground like a sack of bricks and then on top of it we were we were locked in and not allowed to swim so for about a month I was really sad and my partner was brilliant and he was like right come on we're going to start working on this garden 
and yeah we we worked really hard to get this beautiful ice palace in the pool and we put we you know we were out 12 hours a day and that kept me going but January I think for everybody you know even people that have been swimming was a difficult month but yeah it really has impacted my mental health my mood for the first time ever I'd actually considered going to the GP and asking them for something for my mood because that combined with hitting the menopause, the dreaded big M, it's just been like, just, and my body, my joints and everything have been aching. And I think that's because I haven't been having that regular cold exposure. So the freezer helped, but um, yeah, just the fe- that feeling of being light and, you know, just, it sounds airy fairy, but with nature, isn't it? Just, you know, just, in the pond it doesn't matter if it's raining snowing or sunshine it's just it's just lovely so yeah it has had a huge impact on on my mental health and fortunately I have been able to dip and I have been able to sit in the freezer because like I said earlier I can't take a cold shower to get that bus but um yeah no I I I love it but I haven't done any like Wim Hof workshops or stuff but I'm thinking about it now that I'm going to be trying free diving and it would be interesting to see if I could do some breath work because I'm so hyperactive. So the only time you can stop me is chuck me in the cold water and I have to stop and concentrate. Make you swim and then you can't talk anymore. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I'm sure we could find a way to talk underwater. There's bound to be some way that we could talk underwater. Martina Passman asks, what was your most unusual experience swimming in icy cold water? Oh, I don't know, actually. And that's a difficult one. There's nothing unusual. There's been, I, I've had some difficult swims. I did the Scottish Champs one year and we swam in Loch Lomond. And I I thought I was going to drown. It was, the weather was horrendous. They were chopped from every direction. And the unusual experience with that, that kept me going through that was you had to do four laps and there was an upside down umbrella. So, Every time I passed this upside down umbrella, I knew I was okay. So I had to share that with everybody that was swimming after me. I was like, just look for the upside down umbrella. And I often do that with things, you know, just look for funny things. One of my first ever 5Ks, I was like counting rubbish on the bottom of a lake. I just just do weird things when I'm swimming. And I do talk because I sing. I sing in my head and blow some bubbles and just do stupid things. On long swims, I'm like, I'm like so eerie fairy. And do you ever listen to music when you're training? Not necessarily in the really cold water now, but say if you were, you know, going for a, a longer, warmer swim. Yeah, uh, I did buy some earphones when I was trying to do pool training for a while and I thought it would help. But to be honest, it, it hurt my ears and it, it just distracted me so much because, you know, I was just like, no, I and I think it's for me, I don't think it's a good habit to, to get into because. You know, when you're on long events and stuff, I used to try the same, you know, if I if I went for a run, I would put my headphones on. But then, you know, when you, I don't like running very much at all. But then on, you know, on a triathlon and you go out on your run and it's suddenly, where's my music? Where's my music? And it's like, so I've never really got into listening to music, probably for that reason, from when I used to run and stuff. But I just thought, well, I'm not going to have it on the day, so I'm not going to train with it. Mike McCutcheon asks, have you had many jellyfish stings and do you just get used to them? Oh, Mike, I got a funny story about jellyfish stings. So before the channel, 
I was doing a training camp with Adam Walker and I said, I really want to get stung by a jellyfish because I need to know how it feels. And he was like, that's like a really crazy thing to say. And I'm like, but I, I need to know. So my friend Ros and I were swimming in Aberavon one evening before it. And I'm not kidding. I think we must have been stung a hundred times by compass jellyfish. And it was horrendous. She she took a really bad reaction to it. We we went to a cafe and we're tipping vinegar and all sorts of stuff over ourselves, whether it was the right method, I don't know. So I do think you just get used to them. That's something that, you know, the North Channel, you know, I've heard so many bad things about the lion's mange jellyfish. Um, but um, yeah, I think you, you you just get used to them. I think it's um, I swam through the Isle of Wight and back once, and that was the moon jellyfish, and that was a bit horrendous because you were in like jellyfish soup and you were actually like throwing them out of your way. That was disgusting. Ugh. They're not they're not my favorite things, but you know, on my actual solo swim, I was looking for them because I didn't see anything. I've seen like one jellyfish a one lollipop wrapper all the way to France. That's all I've seen. And I was just thinking, where's the jellyfish when I want something to look at? So, um, yeah, but um, so they can be amazing jellyfish, can't they? But um, they do sting. Yeah, I just don't like the feeling of them. It's just, but then at the same time, I just don't like the feeling of seaweed under my toes either when I stand on <laughs> Oh no, I freak out. I'm 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 a bit of a wuss. <laughs> I yeah. swam into a really big one once. I I'd gone to Fourth Call and the water's quite grey and this lady was a bit nervous. And I said, Oh, I'll swim with you. And we were swimming across the bay and all of a sudden I must have swum into a massive barrel and my nails went straight but I thought I'd swam into a person. It was must have been huge. And I screamed the bay down. <laughs> I was like, whoa, it was disgusting all jellyfish blob in my fingers but oh no. yuck no oh let's move on quickly I think we've already answered this question through our discussion earlier but Dean Thomas says with the pandemic and our really tight travel restrictions here in Wales how have you managed to keep motivated for your endurance swim training and cold water acclimatization I found the Her Spirit community which is a woman's um, app and through that I started doing uh, like a boot camp in January and feet first February, in February, where I was out walking every day. But in true cat style, I decided to do a half marathon for my last event. Be walking about two or three K a day, not far. And I had massive blisters. I had a lovely day out walking, but I, I suffered for it after. And I bought myself an electric bike. I absolutely love it. It's amazing. Tell me more about this electric bike. Oh, my electric bike's fab. So I, I feel I'm too heavy and unfit to go on my road bike. So I didn't want to go on my road bike because I thought I'd end up in hospital. So, you know, they're saying that it's dangerous to open water swim and much more dangerous on a bike. So I had a mountain bike, which I call my Tonka bike. And I get really frustrated on a mountain bike because they, they just don't go anywhere. You you pedal and they, they, they don't move. So I decided I, I couldn't do long rides with Rob on my Tonka. So i would seen a secondhand one and it's like a hybrid. So it's really heavy, but I live on a cycle track. So actually on the flat, it's great. It just pedals along lovely. And then as soon as a hill comes, you just pop the assistance on. You still got to work, but you just glide up these hills. All right. And everybody thinks you're super fit. And I'm just like, but then I'm like, it's okay. I got battery. <laughs> but um, yeah, so I'm loving it. But I'm, um, I'm a real wuss in that 
I can't go downhill. I cry. You know, when you go down really steep hills? No, I'm not very good at that. But um, this electric bike, it's just meant that we can go out for like 20, 30 miles. And, you know, you, you come home and you still know you've been cycling because I take the assistance off on any flat. But, you know, when 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 your knees start to hurt a little bit, you can just just put it on and just pop up the hill. <laughs> and it, it, must, it must feel like such freedom getting out oh, on the amazing. bike as well. Yeah. You, you can get so much further than walking. I like walking, but, you know, four hours out on a bike, you can go far, whereas, you know, walking, you can't. No. So I've just tried to do other things, really. Uh, a friend of ours, uh, Kira McMullen, who's part of my BlackRock Banter Swimming Group, is going to be the official ice swimmer, the next ice swimmer from Galway. I firmly believe it. Uh, she gets into the water. She doesn't feel the cold. She doesn't wear any booties or neoprene hats or anything. She's been getting in every single day. She never gets an after drop. She never, Brilliant. she hasn't ever gotten the after drop. But she jokingly says, I don't feel the cold. And she gets after drop FOMO because she doesn't have it so she doesn't know what it feels like and she wants to know do you ever get after drop FOMO <laughs> yeah I kind of yeah. I don't really get the after drop often either you know there's only been a couple of times that and it, that's been when I swam in the river and when I've been tired and somebody told me it's because of the winds and the current and I probably don't know enough but um if I'm not careful, experience after drop when I get back into the water. So that's something that I'm going to have to be really careful with. You know, I see some really violent shivers and that scares me. I don't want violent shivers. But um, yeah, I, I think we all get it to a, a degree. But, you know, I, I never want to feel ill after it. And touch wood, I've only ever had where I feel a little bit sick and nauseous. And that's only happened maybe a handful of times. And then I can usually relate it back to I was tired. It's usually been in the river and I probably overcooked it a little bit. My sister, who I managed to drag into the sea in October to start some winter swimming, who is still swimming, splashing away um, two or three times a week. She would love to know what's been the biggest challenge you've had to overcome to become an ice swimmer. Biggest challenge I've overcome. Oh, sorry. I meant to mention that um, after her last swim, she turned around in the car and she said, oh, by the way, I'm going to do an ice mile. Oh, that's amazing. I think the biggest challenge for me has probably been some of the negativity around it, really. Um, I've, I've put on a lot of weight. I don't know if that's down to ice swimming or whether it's down to the dreaded big M catching up or just not exercising as much as I used to when I used to do triathlon so I find I find the weight and trying to keep my weight down quite a challenge I do you know I, I seen somebody the other day saying they've lost 45 pounds since they've started cold water swimming and I'm like what no it's, it's not happened I think my body's just gone you are crazy and we're going to keep you fat <laughs> but um I think my biggest challenge is probably negativity because I'm I'm not a negative person and I just think just let everybody do what they want to do and be safe and celebrate each other so there's nothing being I've never found ice swimming a chore because I love it so getting in the freezer last year was a chore and I think Rob did a brilliant job getting me in there because obviously you know, that was a real 
mind game to get me to to sit in there. And I was sitting in for a lot longer before Antarctica. But um, no, I, there's no real difficulties. I just I just love it. I absolutely love it. So it, it's crazy. It didn't even feel like a chore when I was training because I was doing what I loved. And I was, I joke in the winter, it was like my happy time of year. And, you know, I've been really sad because I've missed a whole season now, really. And although I've had my like ice palace in the pool, I think I've just missed the whole thing that I like about it where so many friends you know the year before Antarctica we were meet, meeting like 20 of us regularly 10 20 of us swimming going for a walk doing another dip and I just really miss the social side but um no there are no difficulties because I absolutely love winter swimming ice swimming whatever you want to call it and it's funny to hear you mention that the negativity around it um, is one of the challenges because you're such a positive person and you've got such a positive attitude and surrounding yourself with those like minded, positive people. You can feed off that and you can go home on a high, the high of the endorphins from the cold water swimming, but also the high on the endorphins of the of the social aspect as well. I want to ask you, Kath, about being a role model for other women you mentioned there about putting on weight and and the menopause and things like that but you know you've got such a positive outlook and it's such a a a positive body image thing to be putting on your togs and to be photographed and none of us like to be pictured in lycra as triathletes are in in swimming togs but you've you've broken down a barrier for lots of us that might be uncomfortable stepping out in our togs because we see you in your togs all the time it's normal yeah um in, inwardly I hate it I, I, I have to be honest I you know I was so critical of like the pictures and and James and stuff but you know what this is me like it's it's what I do and you know before Antarctica everybody's like don't lose any weight you need it and now I'm like okay I, I don't need it and you know I I think somebody wrote a really nice article the other day about weight and Weight should never be an issue. So I really struggled when I got back being called an athlete. When people were calling me an athlete, I found that really difficult because I was like, well, I'm just cast and I like ice swimming. And my friend really told me off. She was like, Kath, you are an athlete. And I was like, well, I don't know. And then my partner said to me, he said, Kath, when you were doing triathlon and you were like 10 stone, if somebody had called you an athlete, would you have struggled with it then? And I was like, no. <laughs> so you know and that is because of of body image so yeah so although I maybe portray this person I think there's there's nowhere that I can escape but I think there's there's more things you know I my partner now is so positive I've had you, you haven't seen the movement but it says a little bit about my past and you know it, it, it hasn't always been happy and um he, he's so positive he's just like he just sees me as cast, do you know what I mean? And if I say something, he's like, what? So I think, you know, I've surrounded myself with lovely people for friends. And now I've got this really supportive partner that has never, ever mentioned my my weight once. So I think I would love to be more body positive about it and, and celebrate it. But yeah, I think it doesn't matter. It's just, get out and do it isn't it and I think you know if that's what I'm remembered for and that's the other thing you know I didn't go to Antarctica to become a a world record holder and there was a lot of negativity around it when I got back and I found that really difficult because I'm I'm always 
it's okay to be envious, but it's not okay to be to be jealous. We should all celebrate, you know, everybody. I've got my swim heroes. I've got my tri heroes. I've had so much positivity out of the Mirth Mermaid. You 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 wouldn't believe it. So that for me has has helped me. I think that's. I've been so busy over the winter that that's really kept me positive, you know, in itself. And and I think it's great, you know, triathlon's another one for that. It doesn't matter if you're, you know, a size eight or a size 20. Everybody's getting out and having a go, aren't they? And I think it, it does need to be celebrated. And I do struggle with it because, you know, I, I will put myself down and say, oh, I'm not a fast swimmer, I'm not this or I'm not that. But um, I just love ice swimming and I just say to everybody, it doesn't matter what you want to do, have a go. I just think you're incredibly brave and, and it's so empowering as well. You know, you, you think about it, like I even think myself, like I'm not a skinny size 10. I never will be. I never was. But even for me, putting on my togs and going down for a swim in Salt Hill, I don't care anymore that my belly sticks out or that there's cellulite on my legs. I don't. I do care. Inwardly, I do care. So you're, you're literally putting on your togs and there's not an awful lot covering your your body going into the water, but it is very empowering, um, especially if you have body issues or, you know, you mightn't be very confident in your body. Yes, you might be confident, but there might be areas of your body like everybody has those lumps and bumps that they're that they're not happy with. So, um, no, I, th- I think it's brilliant. And I think as well, Kath, what's also brilliant is that you've normalized or helped to normalize an extreme sport like ice swimming, that it makes it achievable to other people. So me looking at you now thinks, gosh, maybe if I was able to complete a couple of seasons of winter swimming, would I ever be able to complete an ice mile or would I be able to complete a challenge like that? And I think that there's a huge amount that we can take from that coming out of COVID and looking to the future as to to what we can do. I think that's really lovely of you to say to normalise it, because If I, I spoke to primary school yesterday and one of the little girls asked me, do you think I could do it? And I said, yes. I said, if you love something enough and you train hard enough, you know, I do think that there's people that can't tolerate the cold, but does that come down to time? So, you know, somebody might have to train for 10 years to be at that stage. But I think most things in life, you can do most things there's very little that you can't do if you persevere like I'll never be the fastest marathon runner do you know what I mean but if I wanted to do a marathon I could train and I could do it and that's the thing and with an ice swimming it's like there's so many people out there that are so good there was a lady I've got to say this because I'm blown away by her there was a French lady that swam in Holland in an ice event last month who swam I can't remember her name she swam for 52 minutes in 0.8 degrees that's that blows my mind you know she's just somebody that swims every day I think she lives on a canal boat in Holland and she just swims every day and loves it and she said she didn't even think she was an ice swimmer yet she went out and achieved that ice mile and I just think She's my type of woman because that's what I do. I swim ice miles because I love ice swimming, not because I'm going to be a world record holder or anything. I just love ice swimming. The more I do it, the more people that you meet and the more places you see. And I think that's, you know, really nice. Everything's accessible for everybody, isn't it? 
You know, there's only very few people that are ever going to be the top in their sport. Sorry, I was on my soapbox then. You're absolutely right. I mean, how many people in the world make it to the Olympics? But it's actually yeah. about bringing it back down to empowering and encouraging the everyday person to be able to achieve their goals, whether that's the 5K run and an ice mile or an Ironman or, or whatever it is. So everything is achievable for those that set their goals. One or two more quick questions. And one of those yeah. is for anybody who's considering ice swimming, what sort of advice would you give them for starting out? So if you're already out and swimming, that's great. Just keep doing what you're doing. And I think the more that you can do it, and it's all about not pushing yourself, you know, really staying within safe limits. Anybody that's new to it, even though you can go out and you can find a group, I would say if you can afford a one-off payment to find an instructor or go to an event that you can find everything that you need to be looking out for with winter swimming, that was invaluable for us because as Dippy Dragons, the four of us got out of the river one day and not, not one of us between the four of us could open our tow float to get our car keys out, you know, and that could have been disastrous. Do you know what I mean? Eventually, one of us got some dexterity in our hands. So I always say, you know, if people are thinking about doing ice kilometres, ice miles, you've got the Winter Swimming um, Association, you've got the International Ice Swimming Association, Fortunately, because of the explosion of um, winter swimming, I think more and more people are going to get on board. My favourite safe place to do an ice mile is Swim Your Swim in Hatfield because they don't charge very much to do it. And you do two loops of an 800 metre course and you have a boat with you constantly. So they're watching your stroke. It's difficult, but I would say, you know, for a nice mile, if, if you can, try and get an organised event, you know. And there's um, an event in Holland that I really like as well. They do a nice ice mile in the fall. That was really good. But I think it's, yeah, it's all about just staying safe and just doing it because you enjoy it, you know. And I think if you enjoy something, nothing's ever a chore then, is it? And it's just being really sensible and for me it's all about making it your own swim you know just never ever think because my friend's going to swim 20 minutes I have to swim 20 minutes I think I would never deliberately set out to swim the same swim as somebody else I think that's really important you know I always have somebody watching me I don't swim alone and the reason I don't swim alone is because I got rolled in a wave. I was lying on the shore of the beach that I'd swam the day before on my own for 30 minutes, giving my keys to the cafe and just did like parallel to the shore, got out, had my coffee. The next day I did the same swim with a friend and he was in his wetsuit and he was out saying, come on, hurry up. And I was just lying like a mermaid on the shore, just thinking, I'll get up now. And I went to get up and a wave came out of nowhere and literally picked me up tossed me around spat me out and I couldn't swim for seven weeks before my channel because of that accident and it wasn't even rough I was just lying there and I got out and I'm like just blood and I was a mess I say where you can don't swim alone even if it's just somebody watching you because you just never know 
Yeah, safety first all the way when it comes to swimming anyway, because the power of the water is so much more powerful than any one individual that that gets into it, whether it's a sea or a river or a lake. I have one more question for you. And the question is, when you get out of COVID lockdown and restrictions, where in the world would you love to travel? Aside from completing the rest of your seven ice mile swims, but where in the world would Kath love to see herself for her first chilled out holiday abroad? As in not swimming, just being on holiday. Like just, well, whether swimming and, well, swimming and chilling, I think it probably comes together for you. So you can be anywhere in the world. Where would you go? Oh, wow. I don't know. There's so many places that I'd love to go. I'm a bit obsessed with the Arctic at the moment. I've got to be honest. I'm really obsessed with the Arctic at the moment. I can see you sitting on a lump of ice, um, mm. enjoying a nice glass of wine. Somehow I can't see you sitting on a beach on a deck chair. No, maybe in Iceland. There's lots of many nice places to go in ice. There's so many lovely places. I keep seeing Barbara swimming all over Chile in these glacial. Oh, they, they look amazing. Um Canada I've always wanted to go to Canada and there's a lovely group of people in Canada that are willing to help support us through our swim I got friends and I got friends all over the world and I want to just go and see everybody and everybody come and see me um my partner loves sunshine so if he had his way it would be straight to a sunshine destination just make sure um, the hotel has a spare chest freezer and then you'll be perfect yeah I know I just um I think for me as crazy as it sounds I just want to go to the pond. I really just want to go to the pond and see my friends that I normally swim with. Then after the pond, I want to go to to the river because triathlon season's come in now, so the river will be packed again. And that's a you know you can swim the river that I swim. You can swim a whole kilometer up and then back down. I did most of my channel training in the, that river, but the problem is it's by a golf course. And I get carried away really easily and start playing mermaids and picking up all the golf balls and come out with about 30 golf balls stuck down my bathers. <laughs> and I'm just crazy. And you can do handstands in there. So, yeah, I get a bit carried away in there. And I want to go to the, to the sea. And I've spoken to so many people on social media. And it's like, please come here and swim. And I just think I'm going to be a bit of a swim bluesy and just going everywhere and I want to come and tour in Ireland I want to go to Northern Ireland I want to go to Scotland you want to go to Cornwall I just want to go everywhere <laughs> and all you need is your swim cap goggles and your togs <laughs> that's all I need and my camper van needs its battery recharging because it's it sat there and it's dead yeah it's um it's just going to be nice to see I just want friends to come to my garden. I've got this beautiful um, pool with, um, well, it's like a cow shed, but I call it, I call it my Marvy the Mansion. And um, it's going to get some disco lights up soon. And I don't know, I just, I, I just miss my friends so much, you know. It's just, I'm just, I'm just used to being so, so busy. I just, and like you were saying before, I, I was so busy before and I got everything done and, and now I'm at home and I don't get anything done. I know. I think we're all suffering from it. And speaking of friends, I almost forgot to ask you this question that came in from Beth at All Things Water on Instagram. She said, if you're looking for a new best friend, can she be it? <laughs> oh, bless her. Yeah, I've got to be honest. I'm blessed with so many friends. And I think everybody in the 
open water, ice swimming, any sporting community that you come from. But yeah, Beth um, posted some really lovely things. And my friend Bubbles jokes with me. She's like, Kathy, you just collect friends. But I, you know, my partner's like, who have you been invited to stay now? And I'm like, well, it doesn't matter. Oh, there's room that they can sleep by the pool now and we can put a bed in the ice palace. So, you know, before we went to Antarctica, I think there was about 12 people in my house one night and then we get up and make our picnic. And, you know, I, I just think my my house is, um, I better be careful saying on this on air, but my house is always open. Do you know what I mean? And people have always been really friendly and, you know, when you come and stay. And I think that's what it's all about, isn't it? It's just life's too short not to take opportunities and you know I was saying to these kids yesterday you know if you want something keep asking because eventually somebody will give in and say yes that is very very good advice to give to anybody regardless of (laughs) who they are or where they are well Kath I am so delighted to finally meet you virtually I can't wait for you to come to Galway and to jump off Black Rock Diving Tower the water won't be as cold as the Antarctic (laughs) but I'm sure Ger Kennedy and Dee Newell and Fergal Madden and a few others will look after you and William Murphy as well from the Walrus Group will come to Galway uh, to to see you and to um, to have some fun swimming around Salt Hill oh that would be lovely I can't wait I've done hit the wall camp which was amazing so I've swum in some places and um, I did an ice mile in lockdown as well and that was amazing that was really tough mine it was really really tough so um yeah and it's always a good party <laughs> well that's it well I'm telling you once we can get out of lockdown there's going to be some serious <laughs> shenanigans swimming shenanigans and socializing shenanigans when we get loose again but thank you so much for your time and best of luck with everything I can't wait to see um you complete the seven ice mile swims and see what other adventures the Mur the mermaid gets up to in the coming years Oh, thank you. Thanks for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Don't forget you can get in touch with any feedback or guest suggestions by emailing me on trytalkingsport at gmail.com. As always, I'd love to connect with you on social media. You can find me on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn and Instagram. Pop by and say hi and let me know what you think of the show. If you are new to Try Talking Sport, please do check out some of our previous episodes. You will be impressed and inspired by our guests. Don't forget to hit the follow button for the show and if you have two minutes to spare, a review on Apple Podcasts would be awesome. Until next time, stay safe, keep smiling and remember, look for fun and adventure in every day.